0: I'm here to help you build a profitable, heart-centered, fully booked business with the latest tips on sales and visibility, with proven mindset hacks, and sneak peeks behind the scenes with what's working right now in the online space and in my business. Ready to make more money with heart? Let's go. Hi, hi, friends. I'm so excited to talk to you today about three ways to scale your coaching business. This question has come up for from my audience, like several different times from several different people. And so I feel like it's such a useful conversation to have Even if you're not at the point of being ready to scale yet, what I was hearing from a lot of these women, right, that weren't making hundred K yet. So they were kind of still, there's like the building stage of business. And then there's the scaling stage of business, you know, and I, I think though it can be useful is what I was hearing them say is Anna, I know I'm not in the scaling phase yet. I know I'm not ready to hire yet. I know, but if I were to know how I'm going to scale my business, it will give me help and give me hope in the building part of my business so I know I won't be trapped, okay? So I wanna talk about this today, three really practical ways to scale your coaching business. I wanted to let you know like how you know it's time to scale too. Um, but I hope this is helpful for you, especially for your future thinkers, you future planners, and especially if you have a really high value for freedom in your business. Maybe that's the reason you, hi, Nina. Maybe that's the reason you quit your job, right? Is so that you could get freedom or you want to quit your job so that you have freedom. And so I hear you, I hear you saying that like, Anna, if I fully book my coaching practice with one-on-one clients, I kind of have created a day job for myself. I feel trapped. So I want to know how I can scale, right? So that I can put my head down, do my work, build my business and get to the point of scaling. And I want to encourage you, if you are in that season of like uh, putting your head down and doing the work to get fully booked so that you can scale your business giving yourself permission. I hear a lot of my clients in this phase being like, Oh, but I really want to launch a course, but I really want to launch a membership, but I want to launch a pot, like all of these dreams. And one of my biggest pieces of advice for you there is creating a Google doc so that you can have this brain dump. So you can have this brainstorm and know all these things are possible for you. Like my favorite saying is like, you can have everything you want, but you can't always have it all at once. Right. So I actually took some notes here for you, um, but I just want to like engage in this conversation. I hope that it's useful for you. If you have follow-up questions from this, please let me know because I can always do another training on this. Um, But first I want to talk through um, the importance of filling your one-on-one client load first, whether you're a coach or a done for you person, kind of like four reasons why I think this is so important. And it's not really talked about in the online space a lot because I think it's not very sexy, but I feel like the fastest way to build your income and scale your business for the long run and make lots of money online for the long run is to fill your one-on-one practice first, um, and then move to scaling. So let's talk about that. The four reasons why you should fill your one-on-one practice first, all the way to fully booked, all the way to fully booked, not just like a few clients here and there, right. But getting all the way to fully booked. Let's talk about that. And then I want to talk about three practical ways to scale your coaching business. And I want you to think about, even if you're not at the point of scaling yet, which one is most aligned with you? And I bet you're going to have an instinct. And then it's going to be really fun because you're going to feel like, oh, all I have to do is fill my practice all the way to fully booked, And then I'm going to do X, Y, Z to scale and leverage my time, right? Um... Okay, so four reasons why I think it's so so important, right? Let's say you're a coach. Let's say you're a life coach, right? Why it's so important that you get all the way to fully booked before you move to scaling. This is just like my belief overall in business. We start to sabotage when we, well, what's that book? Essentialism, I think it's Essentialism, has this beautiful analogy and diagram or it talks about our energy. Our energy and our time is finite, right? You're probably a busy teacher. You have a day job or you're a mama and you have kids at home, right? Or like your time is finite. We have this finite amount of energy, right? And in this book, basically what it was showing is like, would you rather have like 10, little small arrows like moving an inch or would you rather have one arrow moving 10 inches? I wish I was that disciplined. To be honest, I'm more like two arrows moving five inches. <laughs> I can't quite. I mean, I'm a little multi Okay. Don't blame me. But my point being don't have 10 arrows that you're moving one inch. Let's have one arrow that's moving 10 inches. Or if you're like me, two arrows that are moving five inches because we can't help ourselves. Right. bonus points for letting me know, like like, there's like the ideal and then there's like dealing with the real us and the real uh, real me is I'm an Enneagram seven. So I can't help myself. Anyway, so the goal is that you are in your business. I believe as an entrepreneur in your lifetime, you may have multiple businesses, multiple revenue streams, right? But the best way to set it up for success is to really focus on uh, streamlining one at a time right? And so picking one revenue, let's say you have multiple revenue streams in your business 10 years from now. Let's say you have one-on-one. Let's say you have a group. Let's say you have a membership. Let's say you have an in-person location. I don't care, right? Those are all revenue streams. Same thing with businesses, right? Every business is going to have multiple revenue streams in it, but the best give you can give yourself is by focusing on one revenue stream at a time and really streamlining two things how you market that revenue stream, and how you manage that revenue stream. Okay, two M's. I want you to to tell me, feel free to email me and tell me, like what's the revenue stream that you're focused on selling out right now? And really asking yourself, am I really systematizing how I'm marketing that so it feels really easy and unlock? Am I really systematizing the delivery of that? right? And even one-on-one work, we can definitely systematize. I can share more about how I systematize my one-on-one too. Um, But it's really asking yourself, is my current revenue stream fully stable in both those ways in the marketing of it and also in the delivery of it? Um, And one way we do that is by getting it all the way fully booked so that we have the clients and the volume to see right? So maybe for you right now, fully booked is like eight clients, right? You having eight clients in that program will help you know, oh, this is how I market that program. This is the messaging that works for that program. And it helps, you know, this is how I serve someone in that program. This is how I onboard them. This is how I check in on them. This is how I offboard them, right? Right. It's really feeling dialed like a system. And then from there, you can add on multiple revenue streams, right? But when you don't go all the way to fully booked and you're like really developing like 19 programs at once, it takes one to know when I try to start doing that at the start of my business, right? Nothing is really getting systematized. It's not going to feel good for you. And it sure as heck is not going to feel good for your clients that are in a system or in a program that feels a little bit haphazard, Right. So that's the most like a bonus point of why you should fill your one-on-one practice first is really because you are, you are, you know, I love my beautiful coach, Lacey. She uses the word layering, right? You're really layering and stacking strategies in that way. Okay. Reason number two, um, so many of you have dreams and visions of being big and famous. I say that in a good way. We need heart-centered women to be famous leaders, period, right? Right. But you don't have a big audience yet, right? And I don't think that you need a big audience to make money in your business, but you need a big audience for some of the revenue streams that you guys are talking about, courses, uh memberships books right and so the beautiful thing about 1 on 1 is you can sell out your 1 on 1 with 10 people in your audience with 50 people in your audience because you just don't need the volume for that and there's a huge misconception in the online space and that is that cheaper stuff sells easier and I just want to say that's like the biggest load of BS. I don't know why that is. I don't know completely. But at the end of the day, I do think that some people need a lower ticket item to get to know you. But I also think that some people don't. And I think that some of the buyers in your audience it has the other effect they really want to go all in and get your most transformative result and product first. So I think like it's beautiful over time in your business to build out lower cost products that are cheaper or more affordable. But I think... It not necessarily because it's easier to sell. I want you to say this out loud to yourself right now. It is just as easy, if not easier, to sell high ticket in my business as it is to sell low cost stuff. Do you believe it? Because like I've seen that for my clients to be the absolute truth. I've seen that in my own business to be the absolute truth. It is not easier to sell low ticket than high ticket. It's just different. It's different, right? A low ticket buyer is looking for something different, right? For me, when I design my like lower ticket sales pages, I include more like, um, deliverable information, like people that are buying lower ticket often want to know, you know, what worksheets does it include, but like more of the details and a higher ticket buyer often isn't as worried about that. And is more concerned about the outcome doesn't make it wrong. And I don't think there is like one person who's a high ticket buyer and a low ticket buyer, because I don't know about you, but I'm both, I bought high ticket stuff and I bought low ticket stuff. So it's like, I'm not making either wrong, but what I'm saying is I think we have this belief that high ticket stuff is harder to sell than lower ticket. And it really isn't. And honestly, my experience. Been easier. It really is. I think the low ticket stuff is worth it because often when someone buys with you at a low ticket, then they're more likely to buy with you at a high ticket too for that buyer. So I do both in my business, but I do think high ticket isn't harder. We just tell ourselves that story, right? Um, And so giving yourself permission to make money while you're building your audience, right? Sign three one on one clients while you're building an audience and getting ready to launch that course. Right. I think we sabotage in this way. Reason number two is I know <laughs> more like one reason, like number 10, I'm just like, just give them all to you. Because I feel like I wish someone would have sat me down and told me this early, early. And then when someone did and it clicked for me, like everything changed. And so like, I know you're not hearing this a lot in the online space, but I just feel like, it's the truth that you need to hear. Um, whether you're starting your business from scratch or whether you are getting ready to do a new offer in your business, right? Okay. Number two, doing one-on-one work in a deep way is the best way to develop group or course curriculum that actually works with real humans. You can even start to record your videos and course worksheets while you are seeing a theme with your one-on-one clients, right? We want to create, we need to be different. I love an online course. I think that they're great. I love a group program, but we need to be different in this industry. I think the course completion rate in our industry right now is like 3% or something. It's like really sad, right? Which makes me even prouder to be a coach for so many of my clients finish my courses because I integrate this principle right here. And this is what it is, right? We need to not just create a course from theory, or from our own lived experience, I fully believe we need to create courses and curriculum, not just from us getting results in our lives, but from our clients getting results. Did I, did she say it? She said it, she said it. We need to create course curriculum, group curriculum, not just from our own results that we've gotten in our life, but we need to create it from a proven method that we've used to get our clients' results, okay? So how we do that is we do one-on-one work with humans and we're open-minded as a coach. We bring in our expertise, but we're also really good listeners to see like what's actually working, what's actually resonating. And then here's the funnest thing, right? You can create, um, content. You can create your course content while you're working with your one-on-one clients. It's what I've done for all of my courses, right? Because as you're noticing this theme with your one-on-one clients, where they're all bringing up the same question to you, you can like record a video and be like, I actually have a video answer on this. So not to repeat myself again. Right. If you notice you're giving them the same journaling prompt, put that on a Google doc and give that to all your one-on-one clients at the start, right. Start building out a resource library for your clients, worksheets, videos, right. And then you can put them in order, And that's your course, my loves. And then it's actually a course that's built on real humans, real data and real needs instead of just theory, right? Or our own experience. Number three one-on-one work is the most flexible thing at the start of your business. And I think passive income courses are really touted as this thing. That's like the most flexible. And I feel like for me, the biggest gift for me at the start of my business, when I was pregnant, when I was breastfeeding, right. Is that I was really able to do calls. I didn't do zoom calls, but I just did calls with my clients. And if I had to move or cancel something, my clients were like, no big deal right? When your work is more leveraged and scaled, it's a little bit more inflexible, right? Which is okay. But I just think it's remembering that there's like pros and cons to courses. There's pros and cons to one-on-one work and one-on-one work is not necessarily less flexible than a course. Okay. Finally, it is the fastest way to thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in your business. And here's what I say. If you have like a ton of cash reserves, if you have a ton of time, if you don't really need money right now, maybe you want to like give yourself, you just want to build a course on the back end and spend six months building an audience and launch your course, right? I still wouldn't recommend it because the whole one-on-one client, you know, helping you create your program thing. But I also think that like just remembering that it takes time, a time investment to build an audience, to build a course and how beautiful is it if you did that while you had cash infusion, And when I tell this to people, they're like, oh, no, actually, I do want money right now. I do want money yesterday. If you want money yesterday, the fastest way to do that is with a high-ticket coaching offer or a mid-ticket coaching offer, right? Because you're able to make two sales Right now, right? Instead of having to really wait until you build your audience, build the the course, who you are right now is enough. And I think like when we start to face that, when we start to release some of the confidence issues and imposter syndrome, that serves us when we go to sell our course too, because it feels like it's easier, like, oh, I'm just selling a course. I'm not selling me. But our courses sell easiest when we're selling them as us, when we're selling them as our energy, as our thought leadership. So if you can fry some of those mindset, confidence, imposter syndrome fish with your one-on-one, that's gonna make it so much easier to sell your course. Okay. Okay, that was my pep talk on (laughs) why you need to fill your one-on-one first. And let's say you're like checkbox, and I've already done that. I'm full with 10 one-on-one clients, I've done the work. I'm getting ready to scale. Let's talk about scaling now. Are you ready, my loves? Um, And if you're not fully booked with one-on-one yet, uh, I hope this gives you hope that you're not going to forever have to do one-on-one if you don't want to, right? You're not going to be trapped in one-on-one. We get afraid that we're like, uh, you know, then I'm just going to create another job for myself, right? Well, in my book, it's like, But what if you are creating another job for yourself that pays really well and is super flexible? Like, is that such a bad gig? Number one. Number two, you don't have to stay there. But I think it's like, why is it so bad? Like, I don't know. Like, there's this like thing in the online space about like, don't trade time for money, right? Like we're all trading time for money. Like whether we are a done for you person or a coach, whether we charge by package or by hour, like we're all trading our energy and our time for money. Right. And even if you have a business, that's more like Facebook ad funnel core situation, like you're trading your time on doing Facebook ads troubleshooting Facebook ads for money, right? So give yourself a little slack there. Okay, so here's three ways to scale your coaching business that I've seen be really effective. And I'm gonna tell you what, what mine is. And um, if you wanna do a combo of these two, okay? But pop your questions for me. If you have any questions, I'm gonna do Q&A at the end. Okay, option number one. Um, let's see, what do I wanna talk about first? I would say my favorite way to scale a coaching business that I have done to scale my coaching business is doing one-to-many. Once you have, like I talked about, really proven, not only does my stuff work for me and my clients, you know, for me, but also for my clients, then it can be so beautiful to do A group program, my favorite two things that I help my clients create for their business when they're ready to scale is a six-week program and a six-month program, group-wise. I have just seen those work like a machine because a few reasons. Number one, you guys know I always talk about in your offers, making sure they don't compete with each other, making sure they're distinct from each other. This is no matter what business you have, right? We don't want our offers to be similar in the outcomes they offer. We don't want them to be similar in the length or format. And ideally our offers stack on each other, right? They complement each other. So our clients can go from one offer to the next, right? So my, my favorite way is to go from, you have a sold out one-on-one practice. You feel super confident, right? That's working like a machine. The marketing is working like a machine. The delivery of that program is working like a machine, right? And what I when I say a machine, what I mean by that is like, um, your, the way clients book with you, the, um, the way that you upsell people afterwards, the emails that they get, the check-ins, right. The way you collect payment, the way you notify clients, if they miss a payment, right. Like I include all of this in getting coach. And this is why, because I think so many people, the reason your business doesn't feel good is you haven't systematized your one-on-one work. And we think like, wait, you can systematize your one-on-one work. One-on-one isn't scalable. Right. But here's the thing. You can systematize your one-on-one work. (laughs) You really can. And that's why my business is so enjoyable and so low stress because it's so dialed and systematized, right? Okay. So, and if you don't systematize your one-on-one, you're like, oh, I'll just leave my one-on-one a hot mess. I'll wait to systematize when I scale. I'll wait to systematize when I do a group program. You're going to be stressed AF launching. Right. Part of the reason why I'm able to feel so like I'm at the end of a launch right now, by the way, cart closed for getting coached tonight. Yay! The reason I'm so not stressed and I've had so much time for personal stuff this week and I have like been able to sell so many spaces and getting coached in such little time is because it's so well systematized the launch. Right. I have it really dialed how me and my team launched this program. But here's the thing. The reason I was able to do that so well is because even before I systematized how I launched my leverage stuff, I systematized my one-on-one. I systematized my one-on-one, right? Um, And I think it's so important to do so that you're learning that skill of how to do that. How do I automate things? How do I know in my business like what needs to be me, what shouldn't be systematized because it's a human thing? And how do I know what things can be automated, what things can be structured, Right the other reason why my launches are so not stressful is because I really have layered and I have base income. So I think we're you hear people say like, Oh, launches are so stressful. They're stressful when you're depending on that launch to pay your bills. Let me say it again. Launches are stressful when you are Dependent on that launch to pay your bills when you are clenching to that, like this needs to happen or else I'm a failure, whatever. Right. And the best way to really have detached launch energy with your high ticket masterminds with your group programs is by having a solid base of your other income. Right. That's why we want to fill up our one-on-one, have that on lock, not just the marketing of it, but the delivery, right? And then when you go to lunch your group program, right? Here's the truth about courses in the online space. I love courses. I have courses, DIY courses, I have six-week, you know, programs, I have um six-month programs. You guys know I'm a huge fan of all the things, right? But they take time, right? Like I think my mastermind, I'm on like round seven of it. With my online courses, I think I'm like. I don't know, 15 rounds into launching my online course, right? The first few rounds were challenging, <laughs> they were roller coastery, right? But the reason that it takes some time for the online world, we think like, oh, I'm gonna launch my six week course once. And if no one buys it, I'm never going to launch it again. No, no, no. You're going to go out there. It's going to be your million dollar course. It just take, make, take a time or two to launch it and fill it. Right. And having the attitude and energy is so much easier when you have a solid base of revenue and your course is your second revenue stream, right? Your second source of income, you're able to really show up and be like, Awesome. For me, my prayer, every single round I launch a group or a program, right? I literally pray to God and I literally say, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my heart. I'm going to market my heart out. I'm going to sell my heart out. I'm going to show up and communicate my value in the most compelling way ever, but I'm really going to be pretty detached from how many people come in, whether there's five people, whether there's 25 people, I'm going to show up and I'm going to know those humans are meant to be there for a reason and a purpose and, and not to like get overly spiritual, but I really feel like it's a divine thing where I'm meant to serve those people in this moment of time and history to forever change the trajectory of their life and their money-making ability. Right. And I think the right people are going to come in at the right time. And so my part is to show up, to send a, an F ton of emails, to do a ton of social posts. And some of you guys need to work on that edge. Like when you launch something, how many emails are you sending? You know what I mean? How many social posts are you doing? How direct are you being? Are you outreaching? Like you've got to do that part. And that's really what lets you relax into the ease and the surrender. Okay, anyway, that was a side note. All that to say, um, it's so much easier when you have that base income, right? Okay, so back to three is a skill, your coaching business. One to many is 100% my favorite way personally, because I'm able to still get... Um, This is going to depend on your personality. Some people are like, I like coaching, but I really want the business model where I have support coaches under me coaching on my behalf. I really don't have to coach people in my business to be fulfilled and satisfied. That's not me. Like I like to coach. Like if I wasn't coaching in some level in my business, I just wouldn't be happy. And I think this is where sometimes with business, we forget, we get so obsessed with scaling that we forget to create a business that we like and that we enjoy and that we're doing the things that we we want to be doing. And for me, I definitely don't want to be coaching a lot of hours because I really value the time with my babies outside of my business. You've heard me say like being a mama is my number one priority, always and forever. Um, And so my business comes second to that, to my role as a mama. But when I'm in my business, I like to coach. (laughs) Like I enjoy that. That's fulfilling for me. And I think it is why I've been able to like really grow my business year after year, make so much money without burning out, even in such a shitty time in my life personally, because I actually like my work because what I'm actually doing day to day fuels me and lights me up. And so I think that's going to be different for everyone. And that's why for my clients, I really help them scale their businesses differently because I ask them, how do you want to be spending your day? How do you want to be spending your hours? And how do we design a business that does that? Because that's ultimately what's going to help you scale the fastest is if you're actually enjoying your life and business, right? (laughs) Um, And it's so funny because I think this changes for my clients too. I've had some clients tell me like that are done for you providers. Like I want to be doing the work, right? I want to be doing the work but then they get to a point where they have another baby or, and then they're like, actually, I changed my mind. Anna, you know, you told me to like hire a team under me. I'm ready to do that now. Right. So I think this can change in our different seasons of life too. what we're wanting from our business. And that's okay. Um, let's see. Okay. So one to many, and what I would suggest for you, if you're this type of coach, where you like coaching, but you want to Scale your income on part time hours. That's me. I love coaching, but I do not want a 40 hour week job. Like, I really want a business that's about 15 to 20 hours a week. So, the best way if you're a coach who loves the coaching work, but you want to scale your time is group coaching, right? Whether that's through a six week program, right? Whether that's through a six month, um, program. I think those two are such beautiful containers to be able to leverage your time, leverage your income. And I could not recommend it highly enough. I have helped several of my clients launch and sell out high ticket masterminds and they have just crushed it. Their clients have crushed it. And it's just a really fulfilling container. Um, I like both of them. I like the six to 12 week container for like a result around a specific area. Right. Uh, and then I like the six month container to almost be like a replacement of the one-on-one you guys know, I have a mastermind cell with heart and that really is the lifeblood of my business. That's where clients sign up to work with me for six months at a time as their mentor. And I really hybrid after being like in several masterminds myself, like I really hybrided, like what I liked and didn't like in other masterminds. Um, and I really, you know, know, in some, most of the masterminds that I was in, I didn't really feel like I got advice or support from the coach. Like I just felt like we were all left to our own devices for the most part. So I really created a mastermind where you, you I'm your mentor. I'm there. I'm giving you direct support and feedback and you have access to me, but you also have sisters that get it right. So with Heart is for women, um, currently it's best for women that are already making between two and $12,000, right? So you already have that established business and you're looking to grow and scale to six and multi six figures. And in that season, I find it can be so useful to have other sisters that are growing alongside you right? Um, And so I just love the one-to-many container for that reason, (laughs) because you get the sisterhood support. Um, Anyway, so that's option number one and ways to scale your coaching business. One-to-many, right? Let me know if you have any questions on that. Another way I kind of alluded to, especially if you're like, I like coaching, but like, I don't have to be coaching to be fulfilled in my business. You might decide to have a support coach in your business, right? I also help my clients do this if they go on maternity leave, right? I've definitely had support coaches in my business when I've had to take time off, when I went to inpatient therapy, um, I have you know, hired people to come into my containers and coach on my behalf for my clients, which is really fun. But that's another way to scale your coaching business is by having support coaches coach for you. Third way, and this is kind of like a combo way is to really make sure that you're fully outsourcing everything in your business. That's not coaching. And this can be combined, but I think this one cannot be understated enough. And this is, I've definitely done this one too. And this is really asking yourself at the end of the day, what do I actually want to be doing in my business? For me, I'll tell you what it is for me. You guys can let me know what it is for you. For me, at the end of the day, I want to always be the vision, the creative vision. I want to always have at least some coaching because I personally love to coach. It's very fulfilling for me. And creating... Value-based content for my marketing. That's it. And I really feel like I thank so thankful, you know, to my amazing team, especially hugest shout out to CEO, C O O Haley Hatcher. You know that I love you so much. <laughs> Probably gonna cry, right? But she really has taken on the helm of so many other parts of my business. So I can show up and just do the coaching, just do the strategic marketing pieces and really everything from there. Is taken care of, right? I can show up. I can make the strategic decisions. I can launch, and that's it. And we forget how un- time consuming our business is when we're just doing the parts that we like. And I don't think we give ourselves enough permission there. So I think that's another super underweight, under underrated way of scaling your coaching practice is just coaching and really trusting your team to handle everything else in your business. Okay, I would love to hear from you. Which of those most resonate from you? I could do a whole nother one on scaling a done-for-you practice. Half of my clients in Sell With Heart are done-for-you babes, either website designers or accountants or copywriters, right? But I just wanted to like focus on one at a time. And so I'd love to hear from you. If you are a coach, which of those three ways most resonates with you when it comes to scaling your business? Is it a combo of these? Is it one of these? Again, agency and support coaches, one to mini model where you're doing group programs or outsourcing, high, high outsourcing, um, or is it a combo of these? And I hope this is useful for you, even if you're not to, to getting ready to scale yet. I would say like really get yourself to consistent 5K months. And once you're there, I don't think it's too early to start these some of these elements, right? Strategically. Um, but even if you're not con- to consistent 5K months, number one, I highly recommend my program, Get and Coach Your First Client. If you are um, some, if you're if you're a coach and you're not yet making consistent five k months month over month after month, I think that program can be so useful because it really helps you to again market your business and get the coaching clients, but even more importantly, create that stability and systematize your one on one practice systematize it, right? Systematize your onboarding, systematize your client boundaries, systematize your policy, systematize your testimonial process. Like make it so that that feels like easy peasy, right? Dialed so that when you go to scale, when you go to hire a team, right? You aren't expecting them to like, fix your life for you. You're like, Hey team, here's the email we send. If a client misses a session, Hey team, here's the email we send. If a client misses a payment. And I literally have all those templates for you. It's like a coaching practice in a box. A lot of my clients that do um, get in coach too have existing coaching practices, but are like, and I want to learn coaching skills from you too. Right? Like I want to learn the things I have a workbook in there too. That's like my top 25 coaching skills that get clients results. Right. Um, and so really giving yourself permission to fully lean in there. Okay. Let's do Q and a, because I know that you guys might have questions on, um, any and all of this. And as you as you give yourself permission to get fully booked in your one-on-one practice and make that a goal. And I would even encourage you to ask yourself, what is fully booked for me is fully booked. Um, five clients. Is it 10 clients? Is it one client? I don't care what it is, right? What is fully booked for you in your coaching practice? Um, and then again, getting clear on, do I need to get better at how I systematize my marketing and my signing of clients? Do I need to get better at how I, I serve and support my clients behind the scenes, right? Um, and then of course, here for any questions around the scaling piece too, those three scaling models. Even if you're not to the point of scaling yet, I wanna hear which most appeals to you. It's so funny because I have some, this conversation with so of my clients that aren't at the scaling point yet, but I find that it's useful for them because they're like, oh, I feel better about like putting my head down and doing the grunt work, knowing again, that I'm not going to be trapped. Right. Okay. Let me reach. Thank you so much ladies for hanging out live, by the way. I love your questions. Okay. Nina says, what's what I'm finding is I work during the day. Beautiful. I get that. I get the side hustle. I did it. I get it. When I come home, I'm exhausted. Yes, this year working is so hard. I want to do weekly or biweekly lives, but how do I do it if I'm exhausted? This is a great question. I really encourage my clients that um, are doing um, a day job and a business as a side hustle to get so clear on your work hours right? Because it can be so tempted to feel like we have to work in our, our business every waking hour that we have outside of our job, but then we really get burned out. And then our energy gets um, inconsistent, Our showing up for our business, our visibility gets inconsistent, which means our income is going to be inconsistent, right? So I think it's almost better to... Um, like underestimate your business work hours and get strategic in those than overestimate. What I mean by this is when I was balancing my therapy day job and my business, I told myself I would get to the office from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. three days a week to work in my coaching business on top of my therapy day job, right? So that's nine hours. And some people might be like, you know, that's not enough time. If you want to build a business, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. I was pregnant. Also had a toddler. Also, I had friends, you know, like, like, Please, we have life, right? I do feel like I really showed up a little extra in that season, but I didn't tell myself I'm going to work five to eight a.m. and then I'm going to work five to midnight, and then every Saturday I'm going to work six a.m. to six p.m. Like we go ham and then we burn ourselves out. Instead of I'm going to really devote these hours, and when I show up for those hours, I'm going to show up like it's my full time job. I'm going to show up with fierceness and with passion and with intention, right? And this can be so, so useful for you, even if you don't have a day job, maybe you have a life of, of life that you love, right? Maybe there are certain life priorities that are super important to you. Maybe it's motherhood, right? Whatever it is, I think it's like getting really clear on the amount of time you are willing to devote to your business. Um... And then getting really clear on the actions that you're going to take during that time. And then when those hours aren't happening, give yourself permission not to work. Like, don't feel like you have to burn yourself out, right? There were times when I was like, ooh, it's a Saturday and I have two extra hours and I would like put two extra hours in. But I did it from a place of like wanting to and excitement. And that's different than like, oh, I feel guilty. I better say no to my friends and I better do this Saturday workday or else my business is going to be successful, right? It was more like, you know what? I can say no to that right now because I really want to put in these two hours on this project, right? And so I think giving yourself permission to get really clear on your work hours, honoring those and letting that be enough. And when you're not working, giving yourself for full permission to unplug, Right. Okay. So good. Mina says low ticket gives them the flavor of how coaching works. A hundred percent. I absolutely agree with that. I love low ticket. I love my, you know, my lower priced offers because I do think for some buyers, it takes some time to build trust. And I think like, that's okay. Right. Um, it's okay. If people need to feel out, someone apologized to me the other day, yesterday on a sales call, they're like, I'm so sorry. I have all these questions and I'm not just like buying and trusting you. I've been following your podcast forever. I feel like I should just like, I'm like, don't apologize for being like a smart, savvy woman and like wanting to be mindful with your money. Like, can we stop apologizing for that? Right. And honoring our buying style, like honoring what feels good to us. And so if it feels good to you to make a lower ticket purchase first so that you can feel out the product so that you can feel out the coach, figuring out are they a fit for me? Can I trust them? Do I perform well under their style? Like that is great, right? I would say probably like half of the people in my audience are that way where they're follow me online for like years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, like I'll see like um, this just happened to me this week for getting coach, right? Someone's been following me online for like four years. I don't think she's ever bought from me. Sweetest, sweetest woman. And then she didn't even like ask me any questions. She just like purchased in full. And I was like, I sent her a video cause I sent all my new clients welcome videos, a, pro- a process, process my loves. And I was like, I'm so excited to work with you. Right. And I think like, I, I don't know. I just want to say like, it's okay for you to honor your buy buying style. And it's okay for you to honor that your clients are going to have different buying styles. I think my point was just like not making any of them wrong. Right. There are other people that are fine buying high ticket one-on-one off the go. And we can honor that too, right? I've definitely had that in my business too, where someone's never bought my $27 thing and they've gone right to buying my highest ticket thing, right? My one-on-one coaching is 10K right now, right? And so I think it's just affirming in your business, it's safer- my audience to buy my 10K offer. It's safe for them to buy my $1,000 group program, right? Like neither is wrong, but I think where we start messing ourselves up is where we say like it's harder for me to sell high ticket or low ticket. No, no, no. It's not about like what's hard and easy, right? It's more about just um, honoring what works best for our clients um, in the season of life or business business that they're in, right? But I love I love having entry level stuff. It's my I, I love it. Um, hi, Natalie. Natalie says, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm building out a resource vault for my clients. I love that you called it a resource vault. Exactly. Right. So if you guys have one-on-one coaching clients right now, I highly recommend if you don't already creating a Google drive, right. Where you have the resources, where you have the documents. I even want you to ask yourself, how can I add to that? How can I expand on that? Can I record myself doing some videos? What's one thing that I repeat to all my clients, right? (laughs) And this helps too, because then our coaching sessions can be a little bit more of us listening, us supporting, instead of us just like brain dumping information on our clients, right? Which isn't bad. Like I definitely like teach in my sessions, but I think that the more we can get our teaching systematized and automated, not that we shouldn't be willing. Like I always tell my clients, I'm happy to repeat stuff. It doesn't bother me, right? But the more we can have it recorded and prepared and systematized, the better. Right. And so really asking yourself, what's one thing that I like repeat to my clients all the time? Like what's an exercise? You guys didn't even let me know in the chat box. Like what's the next thing you need to create as a resource for your clients? Is it a worksheet? Is it a video? I'm a big fan of the Google Doc. I love Google Docs. I think it's amazing. And I actually think it's why, you know, in getting coach my course, why people finish to the end of the 12 weeks is because guess what happens every Thursday, every Thursday, you have to submit a worksheet to me. <laughs> I think we like make ourselves wrong for needing accountability, but like nothing works like a deadline. Even to this day, the reason I get my podcast episodes done is my My team is like, Anna, I need this done. If you want me to do it. Right. That's why I have no shame in my courses of telling my clients, hey, write your two weeks of launch content and get it done to me by Thursday. If you don't, that's okay. But if you do, I'm going to edit it and give you feedback on it, right? How motivating is that? And then magic, you have two weeks of launch content created. Carla talked about this in her testimonial video, right? She was like, oh my gosh, this was the easiest launch I've ever done because I actually got all my shiz done ahead of time. And then I just had to like show up for the launch because all the work was already done, right? Because Anna, you created that deadline. So in my courses, this is another system you can create if you have a course someday. I love having personal feedback, right? So my system is that if you do that week's worksheet, which is this really simple Google Doc, then you submit it to me and me or someone on my team we'll give you personal feedback on that, right? Um, And what was I going to say? Oh, so you can, I want you to think through what's a worksheet that you need to create a Google Doc worksheet or a video or a resource, right? Next, so that your one-on-one clients can have that, but also in a course, you're putting it in a right order um, and letting your clients pick from that. Right. Which is someone asked me this week, you know, they were joining getting Coach, and they were like, Anna, like, you know, what's I, I don't, you know, part of getting Coach is you create a coaching framework for your clients, you know? And I think there can be a lot of fear around that. It's so funny. We're so fast to be like, I want to make an online course, but then we're like, I don't want to make a coaching framework and I'm like, "Mm, mm, right. And I think in getting coach, I teach you two different types of framework models. One is called a flexible framework and one is called a fixed framework. I'm a big fan of once you go to create your courses, having a fixed framework, right? For example, when you do getting coach, it's 12 weeks of like step, step, step. Here's the 12 steps. You don't even have to think Your brain can go on autopilot. I get that you're busy. You just follow these 12 steps. And by the end, you're going to be shocked and amazed with where you're at in three months, right? I think a fixed framework is best for courses because... you're not there as much to personalize it, right? When you're in a one-on-one coaching relationship, it can be a flexible framework. What I mean by that is you're getting clear on like, these are the pillars. These are the types of things that we cover in our time together, but based on where you're at, we might cover them in a different order. We might skip some things, right? But I do think at minimum, as a coach, you need to have a flexible framework in your business. Um, Because that's what gets our clients results. And it helps us to know too, if our clients aren't getting results, how do we change our framework? How do we change our process to get them more results, right? Okay, my loves. Next question is, what works for you and your lifestyle? Where where you are in this season, I find that what works for one coach doesn't work for another. Oh, I think you're making a comment. I absolutely agree. Nina is saying, what works for you in one season of your life and your business? may not work for you in another season. What works for one coach in their business? I mean, it's just 100% true, right? I think I especially saw this when my babies were really small and their nap schedules were always changing, I realized that like I had to redo my ideal week, like every four weeks. And I know that sounds really depressing, but it was actually really empowering. (laughs) And so I really want you to ask yourself, when's the last time you redid your schedule? Are you happy with right now? I do most of my, most of my coaching calls, whether it's one-on-one or my group mastermind or my courses on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday right? So if you're a client of mine, you know, like that's when I do my coaching. Um, That wasn't always the case for me, but that feels really good right now because that gives me a lot of flexibility if my kids have holiday on Monday, Friday, right? And so I think it's really asking yourself, like Mina's saying, in every season, what works for you when it comes to your business? Totally agree with that. Okay. Mina said... Your sweet, kind, heart-centered nature and have that client attract you too. I really I mean, not to like and make a general statement, but I really do have the best audience. Like you really are the best community. You really, you make it so easy for me to show up in my business. And I just thank you from the bottom of my heart, which is why I after I'm doing a giveaway in the uh for a free fall drink. Did you guys see that? Make sure that you enter if you haven't yet. Because what inspired that was a number one. I, there was some shiz happening in someone else's business. And I was like, I just love the heart center entrepreneur community. Like there's like no drop, like literally no problems ever. And you guys are just like the highest vibe place online. So I just wanted to say, thank you. Also what inspired me is it doesn't feel like fall weather yet, but I'm like wanting the fall. So I'm like, can we just talk about fall drinks? And you guys did not disappoint with the hot apple cider, the hot cocoa, the pumpkin spice latte, and also some other drinks that I've never heard before. So hi, sweet Denise. Denise says, it seems like you only have one program at a time. Ooh, great, great, great question. How did you decide which one to run at a time and how long in between and how long before they return? This is a great question. I think what you're saying, Denise, is I really launch one program at a time, but I have multiple programs running behind the scenes simultaneously. Okay. Feel free to ask nuanced questions to this. Any of the questions around the scaling, like I want to be fully transparent and how I've been able to scale my coaching practice to multi six figures on super part-time hours, super low stress, like anything you like I'm an open book, ask me all the questions, ask me all the questions again, especially for, I know I talked about three scaling models, but the ones I primarily use are one-to-many and massive outsourcing. I do massive outsourcing. I do one-to-many and I do the support coach piece on occasion, on occasion, but not too much because I like the coaching. Too much. <laughs> now it's, and here's the other thing in business, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. I tell this to my clients who are scaling all the time. My clients that have multi-six figure businesses when they're like, and I don't want to outsource this thing. I'm like, is it because there's scarcity or is it because you don't want to outsource it because you like doing it? They're like. And I really like doing it, whatever it is, right? And I'm like, then keep it. It's okay to not be strategic if it's a savvy business move because at the end of the day, then we're just scaling to scale and we're not creating a business we love, right? But a lot of times too, it can be like resistance. Like I'm afraid to let someone else have the login to my social media account because what if they screw things up? I'm afraid to let my assistant manage client billing because what if something happens and my client is unhappy, right? that's different. We need to work through the mindset stuff that keeps us from trusting and letting go of our team and letting go of control. Anyone else? <laughs> but um, it's okay to not scale in the ways that don't align with you, right? Okay. So the answer to this, this question about how, so my just practically i have a my main program is sell with heart my mastermind um and that runs all the time so that runs january through july and then uh january through june and then july through december right so the next round by the way waitlist is going to be opening soon for the next round of sell with heart that's going to be running in january um and so i'm going to be marketing that next month right So that program is always running, but I market it two times a year. I just find that six months, a lot of people do one month, one-year masterminds, I don't think that that's bad, but I just think it gives my clients more choice. Like it's long enough to where I really want women that are really into a massive growth spell in their business or life when they're doing so with heart, right? Like I'm ready to go all in in this next chapter with you, Anna. And so I find six months is the amount of time that we're able to make traction, right? But then at the six month mark, most of my clients continue in the mastermind again and again, but I like to give them the option that way they can decide, is this aligned for me in this next chapter or do I want to do something else, right? So I think it's like that great compromise between... Um uh, a committed length for results, but also some like freedom and autonomy there, because like we talked about, like things happen, change so quickly in business. Um, I think four of the women or three or four of the women right now in that program are pregnant or just had babies. So I think it's like a lot of my clients are in seasons of life that are like changing and a lot is developing and growing. And so like, I love that, but I also think I really like to give my clients like a lot of like freedom and autonomy in that area. Right. Um, So that program is running all the time, right? For my my courses, right? So for getting coach, I run that two times a year, right? That is three months in length. Um, and I'm marketing that two times a year, and then in between I market my smaller programs, like you guys may have purchased phone detox, it's like 27 bucks, right? Um, you guys have may have purchased my sales masterclass that's $47, right? So I do those things in between, and what I do is um in sell with heart, we talk about this at the start of every quarter, at the start of every three months. I think it can be so good to look at your calendar and decide. What am I, what am I doing for the next three months so that it can kind of be laid out? Right. So I do the same thing, but on a bigger scale with my team, we look at the whole year and we say, we plug in the pieces. When is Anna going to market her masterminds? When is Anna going to market her courses? And then fill in the other things in between. Let me know if that helps. And so I think there's a distinction between like what happens behind the scenes in your business. Again, that system of, how you make things run smoothly behind the scenes, and then how you make the system of your marketing work. And it sounds crazy, but those two things are separate. Those two things are somewhat separate, right? Let me know if that makes sense. So you're like, Um, okay, Denise says, at what point did you start hiring help? Okay, my first thing that I outsourced in my business was my laundry (laughs) very early on. I don't even think I was making money in my business yet, to be honest. I'm a fan of like outsourcing as soon as you're financially able, even if you're not making money in your business yet. Because I think like as women, our greatest... And our greatest resources are time, right? And so for me, I knew that that would start saving me time. And so at the time I worked at a college and so I hired a college student to come over and fold my laundry. Bless her, that was the biggest blessing ever. I still to this day have a laundry, now I have a laundry service where I leave it at my front door. Did that this morning, it's gonna come back all nicely, not just washed, but folded. Because who here washes laundry and it just sits unfolded for who knows how long, Right. That's the biggest blessing ever. Like, I don't know how they fold laundry, this company. Like, it's like military style folding. Like my clothes, like I don't even want to like use them because the like the shirts are so beautiful. Like the pillowcases are so nicely stacked, right? So I think as women, one of the first things that we can outsource is any sort of mental, emotional labor we're taking on in our house, whether it's, and again, like the things, what's going to work for you isn't going to work for me, right? But like, maybe it's laundry, maybe it's, um, Oh, then also for me, it was a ten-hour week nanny. Right, my babies were really bitty, and so it didn't make sense to put them in school yet. Um, I didn't didn't feel aligned for me personally to put them in daycare, though. I do I don't think there's anything wrong with daycare. Um, and so for ten hours, have even been like six hours a week, honestly, six hours a week, and it felt really weird because I was like, I started my business to be a mom, but I realized that I could be a more patient mom if I was able to really focus during those six hours. Right, so my first outsourcing was child care, laundry, and then in my business, um same thing I hired a college student part time to do some like VA admin work and I always say when you're getting ready to do your first hire, we talk about this to sell with heart, right? It is so important that you um find the right person. I think it's so easy to obsess over like what are they going to do? But like all you have to know is one thing that you're going to have them do, like let's say it's like schedule your social media posts for you, right? If you are in the financial ability to hire someone for two hours a week to schedule social media posts for you do it right and then from there you can grow their hours you can grow what they're doing for you right but I think we so hold off from outsourcing and I think we really shouldn't because I think in outsourcing we're able to start releasing that control you know so um let me know if that answers you there Mia says I used to outsource emails and blogs and still will give that person my ideas. I hated giving her ideas. And then I decided to do it for myself again. And I found I love writing emails. Exactly. You get to decide what parts of your marketing you want support with and what parts you don't, right? I always encourage you guys too, you know, with visibility to really get clear on like the things that you like the most. Do you like to write? Do you like to hop on video? What comes most natural to you and how can you lean into that, right? Um, I love that Mina. And so that now that you know, Hey, I actually like writing emails. Right. And here's what I find too, especially if you love doing something in your business, if you try to outsource it, you're going to be really picky and try to control too much. Right. So probably like, if you love those emails, it's almost like you're gonna have some resentment against someone else doing it because I could never do it as good as you, right? Which that's like a whole nother topic. It's okay if our team isn't as good as us at things, right? But so nice to know like this is the marketing thing that maybe it's not efficient, but I don't care because I love writing my emails and that's gonna come through, right? Okay, I love that so much, so, so much. Um, Camita says my podcast says sir editor and strategist holds me accountable for deadlines. It's so true, isn't it? Isn't it so? Oh, that's what I was saying about getting coached. That's the nice thing about getting coach is every Thursday you have to turn in the worksheet to me, right? And I think like there's something powerful about that, about holding that accountability in that space for our clients. Like, don't be afraid to hold your clients accountable because even if they like, I set deadlines for my clients, and if my clients miss a deadline, I'm not like, how dare you? I'm like, okay, well maybe it was a busy week, right? Or I'm like, okay, maybe there's a mindset block or a fear or a question or like. I think as a coach, we need to be really uh, a strong leader for our clients. We need to be decisive. We need to hold our clients accountable, but with this really gentle and detached energy of like, if you don't meet the deadline, it doesn't mean anything. We're going to set this big goal, but if you don't meet that goal, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, and I want you to even ask yourself, do I need to be better at having that structure? One of my clients, we called me ruthless. I was like, but she meant it in a way of like really having that strong leadership, but also being super gracious, super gentle, super non-judgmental, right? You guys know before coaching, I was a therapist in my former life. And one of the biggest, biggest things I teach you as a therapist is unconditional positive regard. I included this in my coaching skills workbook, unconditional positive regard. It was developed by a man named Carl Rogers. And this is one of my favorite coaching skills ever. And it's just really this belief of accepting our clients as they are, knowing that they are trying their best at all times and just really having this unconditional attitude of grace, of love. I really think it's like how God sees me with this heart of like grace and kindness and love. And I think if we can see our clients this way, that they're trying their best, that they're doing their best, that they're amazing humans, that they're withstanding hard things, Then we can also be the other piece and we can also expect a lot out of them. We can also hold the bar high. We can also um, drive them to to things that they didn't know that they were possible of. We don't have to baby them. We can trust that they can stand up, that they can figure it out, right? I think that duality is important. Okay, so, so good. Okay, so grateful for you ladies. So thankful to be here. And remember, if you are interested in getting coached, cart closes tonight three months of support with me for your business will not be offered till next year. Um, and if you're interested in my mentorship, um, the cool thing too, is if you do get in coach and then move to my mastermind, you get, you may get a small, um, incentive to join the mastermind too. Okay. My loves have a beautiful rest of your Friday. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here with me.